Hello and welcome to the Dime Alive podcast. I'm your host, Aloise Surfleet Middleton. Each week I show you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. I interview top thought leaders changing the world with their work. And I also show you how you can build a life in alignment with your soul, do your dharma, be happier, healthier, live longer and have a deep sense of unshakable inner peace. So without further ado, let's dive into the next podcast. So Charlie, first of all, thank you so much for having us today absolute pleasure and a privilege well i'm excited for the conversation we are about to have i was chatting to lee about putting together a round table and we came up with this idea of transitioning to the new 5d earth yes couldn't think of two better people to bring with me to have this conversation so i'd love to introduce you to them definitely 100 (laughs) percent So both of them I consider friends and mentors. So Christine, I've known for about the last nine years, I think it is. It's amazing how quickly time goes. Um, And uh, as she said, she's based in Copenhagen and um, a spiritual teacher, uh, been doing fantastic work for the last, my goodness, 15, 20 years. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's amazing how fast it goes. Um, And her gift is really making, you know, complicated things simple. Um, and obviously it's quite a, uh, interesting time at the moment, navigating what's happening on the earth. Um, and then my beautiful friend, Dr. David Paul, he and I met through a mutual friend, probably, ooh, I think four or five years ago. Um, and then he joined an organization that I used to run called the network for transformational leaders. And he's just a wonderful friend, mentor, and he's a neuroscientist in his own right. So lots of wisdom that I know this gentleman can share with us today. Brilliant. Well, I'm, I'm actually feeling not too bad. I, having had only one hour sleep last night, being, oh. being on David Rodriguez and Laura Eisenhower's show. And then, uh, I was also had a, with a Dr. Robert Young, who blew me away. Um, wow. <clears throat> so, yeah, it, but feeling great now after my sixth double espresso, triple espresso. <laughs> <laughs> What's time with those uh, conversations then, like in the middle of we the fit, night? We, the, the, the doctor, Dr. Robert, we started at 10.30 and finished at midnight. Um, the uh, David Rodriguez and Laura Eisenhower started at two o'clock and finished a quarter to five. And then by the time I'd done the editing, I had to quickly run Justin to school this morning and get carry on again. So it's it's been fun. Wow. Well, I hope you're looking after yourself because you lost your voice, didn't you? I did. I did. I had um, laryngitis, but that, that was my own really silly fault because I was at, sat at this desk for 22 hours a day for three days in a row and I had a fan on my table just blowing into my face to keep me cool because it was quite hot outside um so it was it was just I, I was just uh it's a bit like harvesting when you're we're a farmer which I was a farmer's boy when the harvest time comes you just get on and do whatever it takes to get get things done 
and you sort of forget about time and everything else and you forget about diet that and exercise um and suddenly my wife sort of chases me out and said it's about time you went for a walk and you go yes it is you're exactly right then halfway around you get a phone call saying oh you were supposed to be on another zoom call and it's like oh i forgot oh, all about that one but uh, look we're living in the most amazing time ever and while while we've got christine here on because you're like me you try and keep things simple and i've tried to explain moving from 3d to 5d as being in a forest you know the sky is up there but you can't really see it until you step outside of the forest then you can see the forest and the sky and with the aid of a drone you can move from 5d through the different dimensions and once you go through the different dimensions spiritually you get a better view of the forest and of the sky and everything around it and people say well how, how can i connect to my spiritual side and i said the one thing when I was a child, I used to look up in the sky and like talk to God. Now I realize he's not actually in the sky, he's actually in us. So it's a mm -hmm. question of talking to your inner self, which is where your spirituality is. Once you connect with your spirituality, then you get such a feeling of peace and direction and comfort and everything, and everything makes sense. So I'm looking forward to talking to you about spirituality. Because and, and the way that, that Alois just introduced you is keeping things simple. This is the key right now. Donald Trump started this with changing the word Illuminati to deep state, changing the word propaganda to fake news, so that we can bring along people in a very simple fashion, instead of using over complex terminology, which loses people so quickly, and people are living in fear, so they're scared to start with. So if we can give them a simple advice to, to bring them with us on this journey, it makes life so easy. Hmm. Do you want me to continue, Eloise? Or? Yeah, but by all means, that leads quite nicely, doesn't it, into the phases of evolution that we were yeah. going to talk about. Yeah, totally. So um, let me get my notes straight. Um, when I've been teaching for, I think, 15 years is, is about right. And uh, I created my own certification program. And during that time, I discovered three phases of evolution or transformation, or even you could call it self-help. And it's funny because I see those three phases again now, if we're looking at the waking up or, or this um, enlightenment we're all going through at this point. And um, in phase one, we, it's like the apple is not far from the tree. We either, we spend a lot of time repeating what someone else taught us. And um, we're not asking so many questions because we're not in the conversation of things can be changed. It's more about things are the way they are. And I was born this way. I'm a woman, I'm a man, I'm this, I'm that. I just have to go with the program pretty much. We're into authority in this phase and, and we follow directions. I see this a lot in Copenhagen when they say, put on your mask, everyone does it. No one's asking questions. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and, and we're in a welfare country and it's uh, socialism is like being praised since I was a young girl. And I've always felt proud of, of the welfare and the socialism. And now I've, I'm waking up to the fact that it's not the greatest uh, thing on, on the planet. But here in Denmark, everyone's loving it. They're loving our prime minister. They're even calling her our mother. 
our collective mother and everything she says is just wonderful news, basically. Um, in this phase, um, people haven't dealt with their childhood trauma. I call it, they're, they're, they never kind of grew up. So we're dealing with uh, adults, physical adults that are acting quite childish, uh, looking for direction, looking for orders. They love orders. They love to be told what to do and, and how to navigate. So things are just, it is what it is. And self-sabotage is really predominant in this area because the soul and the essence keeps shining every time you're a little bit quiet. So you have to sabotage a lot in order to hold your, your essence and your God spark um, down or away pretty much. We could call these people sleep, sleepers. I don't like that word, but they, they haven't woken up to um, the things that are going on in our world at this moment. They're caught in the hamster wheel and they're pretty much fixed in, in victimhood. Then for some people, less than 10%, I find, even maybe even less, um, something happens. They read a book, they follow a course. For me, it was motherhood became a mother at 26 and a lot of things changed for me in that phase. Um, we begin to kind of wake up, we begin to um, understand, research about ourselves, we, we learn that maybe I can change things, so we begin on that journey. This is a phase that begins with lots of elation and freedom and, oh, I can change my job, I can change the way I live, uh, I'm so happy, I'm Harry Potter, this is great. And then this phase often ends with disillusionment. Like, I know all this stuff, why am I not living it? I know we're supposed to be sovereign and free. Why are we still caught? Why, why can't I make the law of attraction work and all that kind of stuff? This is also the phase where we see a lot of truthers. This is what we would call them in, in this phase. Lots of ego, it's them and us. It's fear, flight, uh, freeze. It's, uh, I don't like you because you have a different opinion than me. You're stupid, you're a sheep, you're whatever. So lots of fighting going on, not so much connection with the heart, lots of connection with, with the ego. And then something happens, you enter what I call the dark night of the soul. You begin entering phase three and you're, you become all about sovereignty. And the first thing you have to master in this phase is your finances, because if you're selling your soul, uh, working 40 hours a week for someone else or something else, then you don't have time to do your inner work. You don't have time to connect with your essence, your creativity and all of that. So um, many people won't enter this phase at all because they're caught in the hamster wheel and they don't have the financial freedom to, to, to focus uh, on them. Uh, I think we're here to create, we're here to have fun and, and share our hearts. And we can't do that if we're caught in, in a nine to five job situation. This is a phase where we uh, leave the drama. We begin to uh, do clear asking. We have no discussions. It's not them and us anymore. It's more your opinion, my opinion. Are we a match or we're not a match? Can we have fun together or not? It's just a matter of sorting basically through life and you become uh, very into oneness pretty much. The thing I'm seeing, I'm seeing because it's inside of me, I can change it in me and then it'll, it'll, it'll change on my outside. 
And this is a phase where you're actually just thanking everyone because they're playing their role so well that you get to pivot, you get to course correct, and you get to uh, shake things up a little bit. Um, my kids were born in phase two and they're now in phase three. They, they, they'll never have to sell their soul for a job. I've taught them how to uh, create from passion. I'm living there now and, um, and, and it, it's, it's a fun place to be. I think this is where we're all going. And, and um, the thing with ease, it's, it's funny, it's not easy to enter ease. It's, it's simple, but it's not easy. There's so much stuff to let go of. And this is where we're all together now. And, and I think if we, um, if we stop the, the fighting and the dramas a little bit more and, and begin acting from 5D already, I think we're, we're, we're just straight where we want to be. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And that's, that's very, very constructive that to see where the, and I've experienced all those different phases and it's very, very nice when you put it into a language that we understand. And I've, I've noticed a lot of the fighting in the, in the second phase. Hmm. Um, and the way that I've tried to bring people together is, is to, if you look behind, behind David there in the background and imagine that as a picture, when you, when you, as a jigsaw, the bits of the water around around the opera house and around the bridge are, are tedious at times to find them because they all look the same color but they're actually very very valuable in the bigger picture at the end of the day and sometimes we think that these little pieces are not important but every single piece of the puzzle is very important in the second phase as, as we're trying to create this picture of beauty because if you create a picture with one piece missing in a puzzle, it destroys the whole puzzle. So it's very, very interesting. And a lot of people, I, I agree totally with you about the fighting and my bit's better than your bit and your bit's upside down and this kind of behavior that we go through that once you get to the, the next phase, you can see the difference where you actually appreciate every single person's, every single person has something that they bring. And this is something that's very valuable to understand. I love a very simple term that John Cleese once said, that out of a million seamen, you were the one that survived. So you're born a winner. Everyone's born a winner. You were one in a million to start with. If your life's gone downhill since, it's your fault, because you were born one in a million. And people need to get a hold of that. And the, the trouble is with a lot of people, they try and copy somebody else. That doesn't work either. You've got to find out what you have in yourself that's special to be able to enjoy the journey. And when you find it, it's exciting. It reminds me of Kenny, Kenny Rogers, who asked his mother what he should do for work. And his mother said, if you find something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. And he found something he loved. And that's, that's the critical phase right now, which you just referred to, is finding something that we love to do and when we move into this humanitarian world, away from this monetary world, those things will become a lot more important. So, you know, we'll gain so much from it. Mm. I, I would kind of, obviously you're talking my, my language with that 
conversation, Charlie, because that's who I am and what I do is I help people step into their sovereignty, but also uncover their dharma. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, the message coming through for me anyway at the moment is very much that we need to remind people that um, we really need to, you know, we've woken back up to the fact that we create our own reality. So let's get back to visualizing and embodying this new 5D Earth energy and be careful that we don't get too caught up in the distraction. You know, the other stuff is going to play out. We know the light has won. That stuff is going to play out. But be careful. Your energy for me is your currency. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really important where we put our energy, where we focus our energy. And obviously the Dharmic teachings tell us, you know, that we all have a piece of the puzzle. So actually, you know, how we've been created is each of us have got a part of the solution. And how we unlock that is to really go into the things that we're passionate about, because that opens up this kind of spiritual path for us and puts us in this higher vibration. Because obviously, when you know, when we do what we love, you know, we we do vibrate higher. Mm -hmm. And I've said right from day one that before before you start moving, when you start moving from the third dimension to the fifth dimension, one of the first things that I believe that you need to do is make sure that you've reset your moral compass. And I've said that if you believe in God, you ask God. And if you believe in Allah, you ask Allah. And if you don't believe in anybody, you ask your mother or your grandmother. Because they'll help you reset your moral compass that, so that you can move from the third dimension to the fifth dimension. Once you start seeing things clearly, then everything starts to make sense. But people say, well, where do I start my journey if I'm stuck in the woodland? Well, first of all, you need to make sure that the, the easiest thing to do is turn off your television because that's just a <laughs> pipeline of filth into your house. Turn that off and then look inside yourself because inside of ourselves to start with, we have a wonderful human being inside, but we've got to find it because it's been contaminated. Mm. You're on, you're on mute there, David. That's better. Um, I was going to say, but far too long, people have been too scared to face the mirror of themselves. And the simple reason for that is because they are so frightened of the beautiful, shining light that they are, that is shining back at them. And one of the most difficult things to do is to look in the mirror straight into your own eyes for at least eight to 12 seconds and say, I truly love you. And the challenge to do that is about accepting and affirming the deeper, the higher self, which is what you said a minute ago, Charlie, um, is, is that affirmation, that acceptance, that knowingness makes you step outside that zone of comfort, that zone of fear. And stepping out of the woodlands takes courage because usually we're all so tied into what's familiar, what is known, what is comfortable. And if I'm presenting from um, kind of what the brain does in all of these situations, is that the brain says, I'm happy here. I'm happy in the woodlands. Mm -hmm. um, what would happen if I step out? And so the brain, in a way, creates all sorts of what ifs and what abouts mm. as a means of stopping you from stories. taking that. Yeah, mm. stories and dramas um, and people and situations. Um, and literally it says, don't step out. 
Um, and in a way, it, it's doing two things. It's protecting you because it's keeping you locked into the familiar. But the other side is so exciting and that is if you step out, it says, oh, this is not so bad. I can look into the mirror. Um, I can um, affirm myself. I can affirm somebody else. Um, but this is the 21st century. We're into the approaching the, the third decade in this in the century. And the most amazing thing is that each one of us needs to look inside ourselves and say, I can do this. The best of me I am going to embrace. The the music that I need to create, which is what you said about Kenny Rogers, the music that I need to create, I need to let it out in its beautiful essence, in its beautiful form. And looking at what Christine said, um, is that phase three. Um, and the phase three is all about self-mastery as well. Learning to say, no, I won't do that. Yes, I want to do this. Um, no, I won't pursue that because that will take me down that dark night of the soul, that, that fearful alley, as opposed to saying, let me pursue what is bold, what is courageous, what is different. Um, and I think we can't do this alone because we know more and more that we are not, we, we can't bring about any kind of change by ourselves. We do it through each other, with each other. Um, and one of my favorite words is resonance, and that is how do we resonate together? Because by myself, um, I make one tune, but together we create a beautiful symphony. So how do we resonate together as we step out together out of that woodlands? And I think that is a beautiful way of looking at uh, 3D and 5D. You asked us about our wake-up story, Eloise. Um, ah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So we thought it could be quite fun to share our wake-up yeah. stories. <laughs> I um, I I had created like a life I really loved, filled with sovereignty and bliss, and and I had. I have three children and, and being a mom to them, growing up with them, I guess, um, I was onto the fact that I couldn't listen a lot to the school system. So uh, it was more me coaching them every time they came home in the afternoon, like this, we, we can forget about this is good, this I would say like this, so more teaching them my way, kind of uh, clutter clearing a little bit because their brains were filled with so much stuff. and. Uh, and I still do this to this day. My two girls are still in school. I had also uh, uh, withdrawn a lot from the medical industry and, and the whole vaccination stuff. They have been vaccinated a little bit, but then not the whole program. And I kind of not, I, I didn't um, seek out, sorry to say that David, doctors a lot. <laughs> it was more homeopathy and essential oils. And I know you're all also into all of that, but but it was it was not taking orders for, from that synthetic chemical way of uh, poisoning my kids. And then the big thing was my business. Um, I, I was paying taxes. I still am here in Denmark. Everyone loves taxes. We pay close to 70% if you're successful. Um, so I kind of um, 
understand, I kind of asked myself, why can I never make it make it? The more money I make, the more they kind of take from me. So uh, that was something I was in conversation around, you know, how I, I really educated myself around what to deduct in a legal manner. And uh, that made me kind of uh, enjoy being a business uh, owner and making money. But it's, it's still very difficult in Denmark. Even having ocean view is something you kind of need to be royal in order to uh, have <laughs> because it's so, so many taxes here. And then in March, you sent me some links and uh, I went down the rabbit hole, as they say, and I was kind of in a panic shock over the fact that things were that bad. I, 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 that blew my mind in many ways. And um, I think I researched for 14 days or something, just like almost 24 hours, that's how it felt like. And, um, and then I became very passionate with that savior part that I know so well, you know, teaching everyone, awakening everyone. And some of my customers were like really happy and they got it. And then others were like terrified and angry. And I lost quite a few customers. And, um, and that put me into a phase of, oh, wow, um, am I doing this right? Why won't they hear this? Uh, I was so happy that you taught me. Why, why can't I bring back that happiness to everyone? And I was reminded of the fact that um, we should never rob people of their rock bottom. And uh, I've been uh, reminding myself that since uh, March. So now I'm just back to my spiritual teachings, focusing on my essential oils. And then I sneak in a little bit once in a while and throw a little bit of uh, breadcrumbs out when I feel fitted. And then it's just up to everyone how and when they're going to wake up. And, and as we know, if they, if they don't do it on, on their own, they're going to have to go through that shock and trauma and they'll be woken up and uh, I'm ready to help uh, best of my ability, but I I've already sense it's not going to be a pretty period um, that we're, we're going to have to face together. Hmm. Yeah. And I would concur with that. Like um, I've had to learn that lesson in the last six months myself, because you know, that's, my wake up story is the fact that I woke up when I was about 28. My rock bottom was actually helping my mum with a, her rock bottom. She tried to commit suicide and um, she was suffering with very bad depression. And she was going through her Saturn return and I was going through my Saturn return. Um, but consequently, I actually had a voice in my head guiding me to where she was. Um, and that experience woke me up massively, as you can imagine, because I'd been suffering with chronic depression, drug and alcohol problems. And then that whole, oh, my goodness, how can somebody just talk to me in my head and then guide me to where my mother was, was a huge wake up call. Um, and at 28, that sent me down a rabbit hole. I started connecting with new people. And one of the people that I connected with was very awake and introduced me to the banking system and introduced me to everything that was happening on the planet. Um, pedophilia, Hollywood, um, but I didn't really know what to do with any of that information. That was, I'm 43 now, that was 28. So I kind of just realized my part in everything was to um, help other people kind of, well, to shift consciousness really, not to wake them up, but to shift consciousness. And then six months ago, when everything kicked off again, um, 
it was like, oh, I see now I joined all the pieces of the puzzle together and I saw how everything fitted together. Um, and consequently, it was like, oh, OK, so now this is why we came, you know, the kind of penny dropped to actually everything I've been working towards in my life was going to culminate <laughs> in whatever was going to happen over the course of the next four or five, however long it takes us to really break down this um, old earth. Um, but going back to what Christine was saying, I've had to learn that lesson. My husband isn't awake and he's not interested in waking up at the moment. And that's been a really interesting point for me because I've had to um, let that go, you know, because I'm out there kind of flying the flag of truth. Um, and I have just come to the conclusion, like Christine said, is everybody's kind of got a contract that they'll wake up when it's good and time ready for them and that we shouldn't necessarily rob them of their rock bottoms or um, just we need to be there and transition, help them transition when they do. Yeah. Well, much, much respect to you there because my wife didn't, didn't agree with me at the very start, but she's, she's Turkish and she's very, very strong-minded she just kept saying to me, show me the evidence, show me the evidence, show me the evidence. And that, that helped me with, with, with explaining to her. And I, I've done over 3,000 3, hours of research on this journey since March this year. Um, the, first, the first thing that started to wake her up was showing her on the government websites, the CDC websites, the WHO websites, that it was downgraded to nothing more than a common cold and then defining what a common cold was, defining influenza, then probably spending around five, four or 500 hours going through all the statistics to show that the statistics of the death rates didn't match up to what the media was saying. That's, that's where I got the first crack in her armour, was to point out those facts. And then once that I'd opened that door, then she became slightly, slightly more receptive. And um, the, more, the more I showed her, the more I showed her, the more I showed her. She's at such a level now that she's, her, her dimension spiritually is on, on a very high level now. She's got it completely to such an extent that she came home yesterday from the gym because she's a gymnastics instructor, having been 10 years a gymnast internationally for her country and then 10 years in the circus, that's her love. She came back and said, I was talking to one of the girls and this girl turned around to me and told me about all the tunnels with the children. I couldn't believe she knew about it. <laughs> and of course, that, that's, um, for most people outside of Spain, they're unaware. In fact, most people in Spain are unaware. They've actually found an underground city in northern Spain under Valladolid, which is 232 blocks in length. So we're talking of not tens of thousands, we're talking of hundreds of thousands of people down there. Um, and of course, the people who know what they're talking about have all been talking about this. And the people who haven't got a clue what, about, about any of this are completely in the dark. And she was just completely in shock that one of her really good friends was completely aware of this. And that excited her even more. And that's open, that it's when you find other people that are on the same page as you that understand the truth. And the one thing that I think is the most obvious about the truth is the fact that when you know the truth, you feel peace and you're calm inside. And the people that are not on the same journey 
are currently experiencing fear and stress. That, to me, is the clearest definitive point of the, the difference between truth and those who are not seeing the truth. And the awakening experience for me is realizing that we have all been called to experience um, this global, um, for lack of a better term, pandemic, all at once. It's not by accident that this has happened. And it really is, uh, for the first time, it showed me that unless I wake up, unless I shine my light, unless I connect with others in a way um, that is um, pulling a light, a collective light together, we're not going to get out of this. So how do you create a huge tsunami? It starts by one drop of water and another one collects together, another one collects together. We form a puddle, we form a pond, we form a stream, we form a river, and finally we form a much bigger ocean. And we need to get a lot more of those drops of water, water together because we're all um, trying to achieve the same thing, but together we achieve more. And um, I like the word fear because deep down inside we all know that fear is simply false evidence appearing real. Um, and that real evidence is what we don't shine a light on. I like the way you said, Charlie, that the 3,000 hours of research showed you a clear light as opposed to the rest of us who haven't done that kind of research. We look to lights like you and say, Charlie's done it. I can do it too. Charlie's done the hard work. Let me use it for the greater good. Um, so the, the whole way that we're waking up, I think, is by planting little seeds because those seeds germinate. And the more we share forums like this, the more we're watering those seeds out there. There's a lot of drips out there to make a puddle. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And, and they need us to pull them all together. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So if we look at this subject of transitioning into the new earth, obviously we're, you know, we're all at different points. Some people are at phase one, some people are at phase two, some people are at phase three. You know, it'd be great if we could have a discussion for the rest of the conversation today around how we can really inspire people to move through those phases because um, there's obviously lots of things that can happen. We can get caught in the judgment trap. You know, that's one something I've fallen in recently. You know, that person doesn't necessarily look at the way that I look at things, you know, and actually that I think that that is one of the initiations into 5D is that we are, you know, we are one and we have to realize that where we go, all we'll go together. And actually we can't judge people. We have to bring them along. And how can we um, plant seeds, like David was saying, to effectively wake up, wake them up when they're ready. Um, and how do we master our inner fears? Because obviously that's something that people are dealing with at the moment. Um, so I'd love to maybe, Christine, maybe you could talk about the judgment trap as bit, bit as well, because I know that's something that you um, yeah, um, focus on. 
self-sabotage is, is where it all begins. We need to master getting our way out of that. Um, so so uh, I love the drama triangle. I didn't invent it. Some American psychologists did. And uh, it's all about looking at, am I a victim? Am I a savior? Or am I a persecutor? And taking responsibility and then stepping out of the dramas. And then there's just peace and silence and, and, and all you're, you're asked to answer is pretty much what are your yeses and what are your noes. And, and, and that's pretty much what I work with, with all the women I work with. I'm, I'm all about um, helping them become worthy, I guess, of their yeses and their noes. Because every time, if, if we're having this job and it's a no for us, then turning around, creating a, a, a much more nurturing job is gonna, in our mind, let down people maybe, or it's gonna be difficult, or it's gonna cost money, we'll lose money, something, it's always some kind of drama we'll have to enter. And then once we do it, uh, the drama stops and everyone will just have to adjust around our adjustment. So, so that's something I, I work a lot on and, the fears I handle with my essential oils and uh, and, and my uh, tapping, like the thought field uh, therapy. Um, so this is how I, I go by it. I don't talk too much. I, I like uh, therapy with, with no words. So I let the plant medicine and, and everyone else uh, do the talking for me pretty much. Yeah. But basically people kind of starting to take responsibility for themselves and doing that kind of inner work is yeah and, and and it's so difficult even if you ask people what do you want they're so traumatized and so broken that a lot of them they they, they don't know what they want and they say something they've read oh i want millions and this nice guy and then this car and then the people that do get those things are never really truly happy so it's not really what we want we want something completely different and and we need to figure that out for ourselves and uh, and we only get to figure that out by uh, taking the journey making the mistakes getting the car feeling uh, that didn't you know fill me up so now what you know so it's 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 a very difficult journey uh, for many people filled with lots of obstacles and many give up on, on the road, but it always for me comes back to what are my yeses and what are my noes and go do that. Yeah. Also, you can, we, we've got an awful lot to learn from Hollywood and Bollywood where they've had, had everything. Yeah. And they've craved after things which are satanic and evil and they haven't found happiness. And you look at the people in life, I look at role models around me in life that have found happiness and they haven't found it through money. Mm. They found it through humanity and humankind. Oh. Yeah, I truly believe we are built to serve and help other people. That's where we get our happiness and fulfillment from. You know, it's not gonna come from outside of us. You know, I, I don't know where that would fit into which phase. I suppose phase one would probably be kind of money and possessions and everything. But, you know, really where happiness and fulfillment comes from is getting in alignment with who you are as a person doing your dharma and um, really helping others thrive. You know, I think that's for people who are awake, that's gonna be the key thing that we have to focus on is as the rest of humanity slowly but surely wake and wakes up, you know, our job is to be of service to them 
Um, and I think one of the things that I love to do is with our community, we have a community of people where we are focusing on helping them uncover who they are, what their purpose is, and we heal together. You know, it's not all happiness and light. You know, we're doing shadow work. We're doing inner child work. We're doing stuff where if you have a crappy day, you can come and you can share it and people pick you up. And I think communities are very much where we're going as a collective moving forward, supporting one another. I agree with that totally. There's so much there. You know, there's so many people that just, there's an old saying, a problem shared is a problem halved. And very often, sometimes there's not a lot that we can do physically other than just listen and guide people. It's not about money. It's about guiding people and helping people and being there for people and being that shoulder to cry on. And, you know, I've been, to, I've been through some very difficult times in my life from the time of when I left the religious cult and coming out into the outside world. And I, there's certain people that I'm friends with to this day that were there for me when I needed them, not financially, spiritually, morally, physically, yes. And uh, we need to be in that position now, not where we're forcing ourselves around people, but where we're, where we're just there for people when they, when they need us. So that, because what, the one thing I learned, uh, coming from a farming background, if you try and push sheep, they go everywhere. <laughs> Whereas a good shepherd just pulls them along with him and they come with him through choice. Then it makes our job that much easier. If we can attract people to see where the light is and to see a way out of this fear and out of this trauma. Um, and the easiest way to start that journey is to try and get them to, to turn off television. That's the easiest way to start because people have become so dependent it's almost like a drug. And I, the one thing that I've learned recently is that the iPhone and the mobile phone now is actually, and I can say this firsthand, is actually more addictive than cocaine or virtually any other drug. It's, it's more addictive than gambling, alcohol, smoking, because people are on it so much. Uh, you know, now they've put this clock thing in there to see how much you're on there. Most people have turned that off because they're embarrassed by it. But people are addicted to their phones. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I, I pick up my phone. All right, but it's, I, I, I've always got an excuse as well. I'm trying to answer one of a thousand messages. <laughs> I've always got the excuse. I know what you mean though, Charlie. Slave but surely I've like I stopped drinking. Obviously, I don't do drugs anymore. You know, I've stopped coffee, or got chopped like various times shop sugar and it's like oh I said to my husband I'm tick picking off my addictions one by one he said you've still got your phone <laughs> exactly like, oh. <laughs> can you can you imagine like we've been talking recently about the possibility of 10 days of darkness such as the internet going down and phones going down and television going off can you imagine what people are going to do I know what I'm going to do I'm going to go to bed and have a sleep yeah <laughs> How does that affect our brains, David? Well, you know, the most interesting thing about addiction is that you think you're in control of it. And the brain loves the idea of control. So whether it's a drug or alcohol or uh, beautifully, as Charlie explained, technology, IT, social media, 
um, it's because the brain loves what's called that mindless stimulation. So I've got to check my emails, even though I've checked it a minute ago. I've got to look at Facebook, even though I've looked at it 90 seconds ago. Um, I know I've got to look at how many people gave me the thumbs up, even though I just checked 30 seconds ago. So it's an addictive uh, thing that happens in the brain. And it's no, it's it's not by accident that these people have designed these things. So you're addicted anyway. You're so sure the thumbs right. up. You, you didn't mention TikTok. TikTok, yes, even TikTok, absolutely. Um, but this is the, the important thing to realize. Um, and even though I'm going to say this, I fall trapped to this as well. And that is to realize that it is a form of control that the mind has over that addiction. So that's number one. Number two, and Eloise, thanks for asking the question because it's a very important one. Number two is that because it's become so subconscious, so you look at your phone um, something like 6,000 times a day, you just pick it up, pick it up, okay? Um, Or any other device that you have, Uh, watch, um, an iWatch, for example. So what tends to happen with the brain is that it becomes automatic. You don't even think about that you're addicted to this. Um, So the second thing you have to acknowledge is, oh, my goodness, I'm addicted and I'd like to get my control back. So that's the second thing that we all have to admit. Now, if you don't admit that, you will not succeed in overcoming the addiction. Um, and the third thing you need to do is to say, I will not look at my phone for five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, because that is what is going to break what's called that subconscious chain of reaction in your brain. Now, a lot of people will go, oh my gosh, I can't do that. I can't live with that. Um, you know, what would happen if somebody called or um, somebody didn't like or someone posted something that is not uh, positive? Um, but the other side of the coin of addiction is also that we react. Now, the word reaction is a very interesting word because the first part of the word react, R-E, is um, about going back in time, okay? So anytime you see the word re in the English language, it just simply means go back, okay? And act is is the word action. So you're taking action. So when you bring the word react together, um, it means you're going back in time and reacting or reactivating what has happened in your past. So every time somebody reacts, it's not you, it's not the situation, it's not what's happening now. It's triggering something that happened in the past. And that's why that reaction is so strong, so violent, so um, powerful, if you like. And so that's another form of addiction um, is our reactive behavior. So when you say, Charlie, 10 days without your devices, imagine the reactions that people are going to give. And so the brain loves to react. The opposite of reaction, though, is response. So again, the word response, the word re simply means to go back. Um, And sponse is the Latin word which says to consider carefully, to think thoughtfully. So you're going back and saying to that person, look, give me some time. Let me go back. Let me think about what you need to hear. So you do some work, you do some research, and you come back with a thoughtful, well-considered, wide answer. 
wise answer. So reaction is all about exploding in the moment, whereas responding is saying, there's something more. Let me dig deeper. Let me find out more. Let me explore more. Now, the brain loves to respond, whereas a part of the brain likes to react. And what we need to take control back over is not to let the media, not to let um, organizations and governments and all these other things that bombard us with is not to react to them because the whole idea is every time we react, we're giving our power away. In other words, we just explode and we lose that moment, we lose the control. But when we respond, we take our power back. Um, so every time I look at something on television, um, and actually it's good advice to turn your TV off, but every so often when you do, say to yourself, I choose not to react. Every time you're addicted, say to yourself, I choose not to react to that addiction. Instead, say to yourself, I choose to respond, which takes a little bit longer, but your brain will love you for it. And by the way, the more you respond, you are actually elongating the shelf life of your brain. The more you react, you're shortening the shelf life of your brain. So in other words, you're aging faster, um, physically, literally, from the inside out. So think about those two words as you look at addictions and think about who's triggering your reactions and what inside you is being triggered. In other words, who did it first to you? Who first upset you? Who first angered you? Who first uh, got you frustrated? Think about those first situations because that's where you're going back to. And it usually happened under the age of 10. And that's why if you have children under the age of 10, please, please give them some really good responses. In other words, teach them how to respond rather than getting reactive to things because that's a great foundation uh, all the way into adulthood. Beautiful, beautiful. And David, what, what does it do to our frequency? Like obviously, you know, one of the things I think that's so important at the moment is we all should be concentrating on raising our vibration. You know, that's how we can support the planet at the moment with what is happening keep ourselves 80-20, I like to say, you know, 20% kind of keeping an eye on what is happening on the planet, but 80% on creating our reality and doing our inner work. Um, but what does the phone do to our vibration as such? That is a very deep question. Very deep question. Um, in a simple way, let me answer this. And that is the phone is actually shortening or truncating the, the way the brain thinks. In other words, it's not giving the brain time to process what's happening. Um, so people want instant everything today. Um, they want instant answers to everything. They want instant solutions to everything. Um, and the more we do this, the less time we're allowing the brain to create, to innovate, to master the moment. And therefore, we give our power away. Um, uh, we talked about uh, a, a few minutes ago, um, and I think it was Christine who said, we tend to allow others or we tend to allow other things such as phones um, to control us. Um, and therefore, we're shortening the lifespan of the brain. And if you want to live long, live long if you want to actually um, prevent diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, then you need to allow the brain to reflect, which is what Charlie said earlier today. 
Um, and Aloise, you mentioned as well in terms of our dramas and our stories, is to spend time developing the positive stories, to spend time to say, yes, that bad thing happened, but guess what? Here are three great lessons I learned. Um, for example, um, a lot of people are upset about having to stay at home um, during this time. Um, and it's actually not a bad time because we've got, to, we've got time to spend with our loved ones. We've got time to drive our kids to school. We've got time to spend time to talk with those kids. Um, we actually um, learned how to solve a lot of problems which we've been putting off for a long time. So these are ways in which your brain is being used in a positive way to turn a negative experience around. And the more we do this every single day, instead of getting frustrated, actually say to yourself, what can I learn in, in this moment? How can I turn this moment around? What lesson can I uh, embrace so I don't repeat this lesson again? It is a great way for your brain to expand, explore, innovate. And the more we do this, the more we'll connect with each other because then we'll find what um, you said earlier, Eloise, which is to find that common ground. So I always think of two circles. So if you put your thumb and your index finger together on one hand and make the same with the other, the thumb and the index finger on the other hand, imagine those two circles are individuals. What you want to do is bring those two circles together where you actually say to yourself, we can meet, we can resonate, we can talk to each other. But to get to a higher self, we need to break our circles and come together like a chain so that we now resonate together, we now collaborate together, we now share together. And together, we're able to find not only common ground, but how do we move forwards with our common knowledge? So that's the great thing about the brain and that's what it can do for free. Nice. Excellent. So um, we've kind of gone through a few things that hopefully will be helpful to people. We've looked at the way that the phases of evolution, Christine was like talking about the different phases of evolution. Obviously, we've talked about the trap not to fall into at the moment, which is obviously, you know, getting too bogged down in all the disclosure and everything that's happening on the planet and spending 80% of our time really doing that healing work wherever we possibly can, always looking at life being inside out. Um, but Christine, do you reckon you could talk a little bit about this mirror? Because I love the idea of everything, you know, our universe is reflected back to us effectively with what's happening inside. And I think you're like, that's one of your gifts is explaining that topic. Hmm. So um, uh, in the beginning of my journey, I, I understood the world is not as the world is. The world is as we are. And uh, that blew my mind back then. And, uh, and, and now I just go through life and uh, something will happen. Maybe I react to it. I know that's uh, my, my, um, my red light for something needs to change. I need to work on my emotions. For me, I just rub on some oils. Others can do whatever, dance tango, whatever. And, and, um, and then, it's, it's all about asking better questions. This happened. Uh, what would I have liked instead? Uh, what, what would I like tomorrow? Or instead of saying, why is it happening to me again? And, and going into that victim mentality. So, so, so the mirror is, is not always like a, a straight mirror, uh, like um, 
if you're robbed, for example, it's not a mirror of you uh, being a robber. It, 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 it could be mean that, that maybe you're, you don't feel worthy of your belongings. It could mean that maybe you're robbing everyone else from their time. Um, so you have to do a little bit of um, understanding and digging around. And then once you understand what energy am I vibrating on, what am I sending out pretty much, and you change that, then your mirror will will change and uh and that brings us back to just spending 99 percent of our time inwards and then the last percent just enjoying what's outside because we kind of created it and we understand it came from me i can change it if i don't like it and uh it's it's just happening for me it's not happening against me it's happening for me in order for me to understand where do i need to adjust what do i need to change pretty much yeah so that's kind of how i go about it and right now there are a lot of things that i don't like um and some some scare me some bothers me i try not to um spend a lot of the time having opinions about it uh i i i just choose to do what's right for me so I, I spend the most of my time um, enjoying life, doing what I would be expecting to be doing in 5D. None of us really know for sure how that's going to be, but I, I try to spend most of my time there. So actually, I feel most of the time that I am living in 5D, I am a sovereign individual. I, I do have fun and I, I you know, then I go a little bit out once in a while and i'm like oh that's scary oh that's not good and then i i shift gears again so i don't repeat it too much and i don't let my brain go into that whole conversation about whose fault it is why did it happen and all that stuff so it's it's not easy but it's i think it's the only way we we focus on what we want more of and we all know that but we're not doing that actually in our lives many people tend to focus on the things that they don't like they repeat it, they fight it, they debate it, they block, they block, they <laughs> do posts on Facebook, and it's just going to create even more drama. Hmm. One big thing I've learned on this whole journey, going with what you were saying there, over the last 10 years, we've got this generation that's grown up that we tend to refer to as woke or left wing or ultra sensitive or what have you. And I've been following Jordan Peterson for a while, and he's inspired me an awful lot. And there's one line that I absolutely love, and that is, the truth doesn't care about your feelings. And that's helped me an awful lot, because I, I used to shy away from offending people, because everybody gets offended at every single thing. <laughs> and you just go, I can't live in that world where you're going to get offended and you have to understand and break down what offense is. And I have a lot of black friends that don't mind me calling them a nigger. They don't mind at all because I never do it offensively. I've got a lot of friends from Pakistan that I call Pakis. They don't mind because I don't say it offensively. And I think that's very important that we're not offensive. But you, nowadays you can offend people just by looking at them the wrong way. And I think we, if you believe in something, I've learned myself that, that I'm focusing on the truth. Now, if that offends somebody, 
I don't care if it re if it's the truth. If it's not the truth, then then I've got a reason to care. But if I'm laying out the truth and it upsets somebody, that's their problem, not my problem. Because it's very important right now that the people who know what the truth is stand up for the truth. And we're going through, we're going, it was beautifully put the other day when I was talking to one of the spiritual leaders. We're actually coming through the valley of death, the valley of evil right now. So the people that have got the light need to shine their light in the dark places. It's pointless shining your light in the bright places. It has no benefit. We need to be shining our light in the dark places to show people where the light is. And if that offends people, some of them are like a rabbit trapped in the headlights. They don't know which way to go. And that's our duty of care to bring them with us. And not to just not to dazzle them, but to bring them with us. But it's very important that we stick to the truth. And there's a lot of people who will get offended by the truth. The truth doesn't care about your feelings. And that's something that I've learned and something I've hung on to and something I'm determined to continue to shine my light on the truth because it's a Donald Trump is draining the swamp. The swamp was far dirtier than I had ever anticipated. I had no idea how dirty. Some of the rabbit holes are very, very dark. But it's important that we don't take our light out and shine our light in the sky. We need to shine it down the, down the dark places and, 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 be, and stand, by, stand on our truth. <laughs> I'm very quiet. <laughs> oh, it, I, I totally agree with you um, because the moment you mix truth with your feelings, your feelings are very much into an inner or your perspective, which is a very, very small world. Um, and often you, you can't actually um, interpret your feelings in light of the truth because we can say, I see the truth, but I choose not to accept it. And we know lots of people like that. You can show them the truth, you can show them the research, but they still go, no, 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 I, I disagree with it. And, um, and I like the way you said that, is the valley of death is where you will have to go if you're going to seek the truth. Because once you go there, you will realize that, wow, only truth is left everything else will be blown away, left um, and burnt away. So that's absolutely a really, really good way to look at your light. Excellent. Yeah. yeah and I find the people you, you so-called lose if you're standing in your truth and the things you lose, they're not worth having anyway. So it's, it's a great way of doing clear, clutter clearing. It's just a great way of um, just letting everything fall that's supposed to fall and then making room and space for the things that you want to have in your garden pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, it's always worth it, even though it's a little bit scary. You've nailed it there. You've absolutely nailed it. You're spot on right. 
you then have to ask yourself the question if you've got the time and the inclination as to why you were friends with these people in the first place. Yeah. Um, and then when you start sharing your light with other people that have got a light as well, the light becomes so much brighter. Uh, and sooner or later, people will realize that they've missed an opportunity of your friendship, which was shining a light in a very dark place. Beautiful. Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest things for me at the beginning of Corona. I was so kind of wanted to speak my truth. And obviously the peer group, the people around me were in a different place around it. And that was kind of the biggest shift because I couldn't hold myself back for, for much longer. And that meant going through a clutter clearing process where people are out of resonance with you and consequently they're challenging you and they're questioning what you're saying, which is fine because obviously it's about having a debate and discussing things. But ultimately um, they're not in resonance with you and they can't see what you see. So we do have to kind of let go of that um, skin if you like you know we have to kind of toughen up a bit because when you stand in your truth you are going to lose people and you are mm -hmm. going to lose people that you care about but like you said i can't hold that within i can't not be true to myself and i can't not speak the truth so it's just a question of when <laughs> you know you just have to do it and stand in your truth and we'll let people go we're coming to a very critical phase right now there's going to be another period of lockdown um, which is, look, for those who followed my journey, I was told about this six years ago, I was told about it two years ago, and I was told again in November, December, that they were going to use this virus, vaccine, 5G, riots, everything, alien invasion, to cover up for the global financial reset. Well, we're nearly there now. We're, we're in that process, and the, the, my, my duty of care has become to keep people calm and away from fear during this transition. Um, I was very, very excited two days ago when a girl I was talking to said, my mum works in the bank. She's not a, on an NDA. It's only the directors, the chairmen of the directors on NDAs. People in the banks haven't got a clue. Um, but she just turned around and said, they're changing everything. Um, we're going into a different, um, and she said, when I say a different system, everything is different about it. And she, because she has, she's not under an NDA, but when you hear that sort of information, it's so exciting for me. And of course, the other day, um, Donald Trump launched the quantum.gov website, which again was massive excitement for me because I've been telling everyone about the quantum system for five months and nobody's even heard of the word. So people thought I was nuts, um, but I knew I was nuts anyway, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> um, but uh, once quantum.gov became as a website with all the information, which is obviously written by a military mind, because to work it all out, I was just like, really? Um, that was exciting. But we're now in a transition where we're moving from a financial system point, point of view, from the old fiat financial currency across to the quantum financial system. Um, and the next lockdown will be for the transition of that to happen because the last two times in history that they tried to do it, John F. Kennedy was killed, and September the 11th, uh, the Twin Towers were brought down at that, at that exact time. So they're being very, very careful this time. The, my NDA allow, uh, does not allow me to tell you the times, and they haven't even told me the times, even though I'm an, under an NDA um, <laughs> about the times. But it, I would suggest we're getting very, very close. Um, do you know how long it will last, roughly, obviously? The theory of it was 10 days of darkness. That was the theory. But it, I know from the way that Donald Trump is thinking and his team are thinking, 
he wants to do it as seamlessly as possible. So the transition will be as soon as they can do it, as quickly as they can do it. If they could do it in two or three or four days, they would do it that way. Um, the attacks they're coming under from the deep state, the cabal, um, in their last desperate bid to thwart it, um, are immense, but they're more than capable of handling it. Um, everything is going extremely well behind the scenes, and everybody is quietly confident. Nobody's getting above themselves or ahead of themselves, but we're moving into an incredibly exciting time. Um, and the minute we go into lockdown, for me, that will be the excitement time because we'll know that things are happening. Charlie, could you um, kind of give us a, a, a summary of what are the benefits of this new system? Right. First of all, the old fiat financial system is a monetary system that is completely and utterly corrupt. Um, the Federal Reserve print, and so does the European Central Bank, just prints money ad lib. Um, there's an absolutely backed up by nothing. The actual system itself is unbelievably corrupt. The funding and the financing of paedophilia and uh, all the, the cabal, the deep state, the drugs, the lot, is all done by them. One of the most corrupt banks in, in, in the world is Deutsche Bank, the German bank in, 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 in Germany. Um, they're currently being investigated for a $2 trillion fraud um, and money laundering and drugs and paedophilia and everything else. And also that the, the stock exchange in London has stopped a number of trades going through Deutsche Bank, which is incredibly em embarrassing uh, for them. Uh, there's a lot of things happening with that. So that system is being taken down. The new quantum financial system is a digital system predominantly, which could, can transact money very, very cleanly and clearly around the world instantaneously. It's on, operated on the blockchain system, but Donald Trump is not taking cash out of the system right now. There will be a US note, a US coin, there will be currency around the world. Each country will have its own currency. Each currency will be backed by gold. So in, in Denmark, the krone, the krona, will be backed by gold instead of not being backed by anything. The euro will be backed by gold. My suggestion is the euro will reduce in size massively. I would imagine that Spain and Italy will probably leave the EU and get their own currencies back. And probably the Benelux countries, Holland, Denmark, uh, sorry, Holland, Belgium, Germany, and those around it will probably stick with the euro. That there'll be a huge shift the European Union as a union will be collapsed because it's regarded as the Nazi states of Europe. And technically, it's probably never, never changed from the Second World War. Uh, we're in it, we're, we're transit, transit, transiting right now. The, the political arena will change dramatically. There will be no Conservative Party. There will be no Labour Party. There will be no Democrats, Republicans. It'll be between good and evil. End of story. We're moving from darkness into light. This is the great awakening. This is the, the revelation. This is the time of we're coming from, from a very, very evil place into a very, very good place. The transition will take time. Just from my own personal experience of leaving a religious cult, it took me two to three years to find out what the truth was. And it took me 
the remainder of 10 years to actually understand what I'd come through. It will take time. And for those people who are privileged enough to understand the light and are in the fifth, fourth, uh, fifth, sixth, seventh, tenth, fifteenth dimension, it'll become the light worker's duty of care to look after those that are coming out of darkness because they will be in shock, they will be in trauma. Uh, there'll be a, a lot of people commit suicide, a lot of people die of heart attacks. We'll go through a very difficult time. We'll be coming into the next year, there'll be a number of riots, there'll be a number of problems, because people will be standing up against evil. They'll know what good is. The awakening will have happened, but then when, when we move as well from the old maritime law the, the, into constitutional law, just remember that our governments will no longer cease to exist. The police force will no longer cease to exist. The, the, uh, the, the judicial system, the, the judges, etc., everything like that will, will have to be reformed under common law, constitutional law. There will be a lot of people fighting back. Evil will fight back. They won't walk away. They'll fight like, and this is where we'll come into a lot of conflict in the first part of next year. And it will be for those that have the light to shine the light, to guide people away from the darkness into light and to help create this new world where the, we're under a new government. And I, in my own personal view, um, where in Spain you've got 40 odd million people and 600,000 politicians, Spain doesn't need 600,000 politicians, <laughs> but 600,000 people are going to lose their jobs. To run Spain, you probably need less than 100 people. To run England, you need about the same. You probably need 12 lawmakers, professional judges, uh, not judges, professional legal minds, sorry, um, to construct law, because the law is a lot more simple under uh, common law. There's six basic laws. You don't hurt me, I don't hurt you. I don't steal from you, you don't steal from me. I don't kill you, you don't kill me. They're the fundamentals that we'll be going back to instead of these thousands and thousands of laws that are set up by a corrupt regime to extort money out of us. So we'll be, and, but they won't give up easily like they're not now. Evil will fight like a dog. But the one thing that's for sure in this world that we're coming into, good will overcome 100%. This battle is already won, but that's, that's not to say we're in, not in for a fight. And for those of us that are in the, in the place of light, it's our duty. It's, our, it's, it, it's an honor. It's our calling to shine our light in some pretty dark places and guide those through this valley of evil, valley of death, valley of horrendous times. But we're going to come to a far better place and we'll be attacked on the way. Um, I'm getting plenty of threats right now and I've been taken completely off YouTube. Um, they've banned me from YouTube on every single channel I've got. Wow. Um, but that, look, thank God I've got my own channel now uh, um, with drcharlieward.com. Um, we've got all our videos, 350 videos on there. Um, we'll, we'll get the message out there. We'll continue to fight. But uh, I even wrote to, uh, to Donald Trump this morning and also to YouTube to explain to them that I was completely unaware how political they had actually become. And when you see that Kayleigh McInerney, the, the Trump's PR lady, her, the press secretary, has also been taken down as well, this tells you it's not about truth. This is all about politics.
but we're moving into a wonderful world. And now um, at 60 years old, I've got myself a full-time job. <laughs> you weren't anticipating that. <laughs> no, no. What a, what a blessing. Well, I got notification today that London is moving into tier two restrictions from Friday. So um, maybe that is just starting sooner than sooner than we thought. They're trying to tie it into half term so that the kids aren't off school for too long. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And Charlie, what can we all do to accelerate this process into this new world, this this new way? What what can we do to prepare ourselves? What can we do to accelerate the process? What are some of the messages we need to give out? We can't so accelerate already. We can't accelerate it any more than the team is planning it behind the scenes because they're in total control. The most important thing that we can do right now is stay positive and be be there for people who need us. Not to force ourselves upon people, but to be there as a support mechanism. Mm. Um, and not to be there like a born-again Christian that's shouting at everybody and telling everybody they're wrong. That's not the right way forward. The right way is to be there and just to guide people. Um, as Christine says, you know, she, she has the right spirit. She's not forcing herself upon people. She doesn't even talk to people a lot of the time. She lets the oils, in her own words, do, do the work. We've got everything around us to let it do the work. The minute you start forcing it and trying to rush it, things go wrong. We've just got to let things happen, evolve in their own time, and let God do his work, really. He's in control of it. He'll, he'll decide. And his timing, and when I talk about God, I'm talking about looking inside ourselves for that, not looking up in the sky. Look inside yourself. Find your your spiritual inside find your truth find what's there it's all inside you you haven't got to look outside you can find it inside yourself and just be there for other people be there for humankind and Aloise you touched on this earlier but um, given this special time how do we live our gifts well um I think first of all is to recognize that each of us are unique and each of us do have something to contribute. Often people think that, you know, they don't necessarily understand why they're here. They think their purpose is a flash of insight and actually it's a journey. You know, you have to have the courage to take the first step towards what it is you're passionate about. And never has there been a better time on this whole planet than right now to start doing that. You know, and I think that the trap that people fall into is they expect to know how everything's going to turn out. And they expect to know how they're going to get from A to B and exactly what's going to happen. It doesn't work like that. It's like a treasure hunt. I always look at it like a treasure hunt and you have to go to the first point and you have to do the first thing that scares you. And then from there, it will open up, you know, and Charlie's channel is such a great example of that. You know, you were called, Charlie, just to, you know, go out there and do something about what was happening right now. And it spiraled because you took the action and you had the courage to step forward and to do what was kind of right in front of you. Um, but a lot of people don't have the courage to do that. Whereas now, I think getting the right support and really knowing that we're transitioning into this new earth, you know, never has there been a better time to really, you know, start doing this work, start healing, find a community that supports you and really start to do your divinity. 
we've all each individual has got something special and that's what we need to find in each other um we've all got we've we've all got we're all little pieces in a puzzle and it's finding out where we fit in and we don't try and jump into somebody else's piece of puzzle and into their place uh, and we try and encourage people to find uh, and help them find their place in this puzzle because there's it's not like there's duplicates every single piece is needed mm. and it's finding those people's place and and guiding them and not putting them in the wrong place yeah and something i'd love to mention actually is we're we're doing a um i've been doing 5d activations meditations and visualizations i did one recently we had 90 people uh, meditating and visualizing the 5d new earth and i'm doing one with laura ward uh, freedom yeah. for children so 27th at seven o'clock um and it's a 5d activation and meditation and visualization. So we are gonna be really taking you into the future, getting you to look at what your life looks like in a year's time in this new 5D earth, what your life looks like in five years time, You know, really focusing our energy and attention, using our vibration wisely and doing it collectively. Cause I think there's such power in us, like David was saying, You know, this is, this is where we need to come together and do this work together and activate each other and help people as they wake up and bring them over with us. No, go on, David. I was just going to say, um, it, it's wonderful as I see these uh, pools of water coming together. I can see this great big lake forming. Um, uh, I, al I already am in that lake, uh, looking forward to turning that into a mighty river and a great ocean. Um, but uh, one of the greatest things that you all shared today, which I'm taking away, is one is to dig deep and to stay positive. Um, and the second thing I'm taking away is to be there for the humanity of people, be there right in the midst of their pain or their suffering or their questions or their exploration or their discovery, but encourage that see to grow to expand to develop because i think to be ready for um the 5d and i love the way christine said i'm already there um to get more people there i think is to able to support them and to guide them as charlie said earlier so um beautiful words of wisdom um one, and so kindly there's one point as well that we need to realize is that with you david in australia and myself here in spain before all this messaging and whatsapp and skype and communication i'd have to write to you and it would take a week to get to you take you a couple of days to respond and a week to get back so it'd take us two and a half weeks to get the information because yeah. we're so used to getting information so quickly yeah. we've lost all sense of patience we just need to be patient and calm and realize that we've only been on this journey for five months world war ii took five and a half years I'm sure they weren't bitching like the people are nowadays about when's this going to be over? When's this going to be over? You know, they were just happy to get their ration cars to get some food. Yeah. And we've, we've sometimes lost sight because we get answers so quickly, whether it's by email, by messenger, whatever, but just to be calm, be patient 
There's an old saying, isn't there? Patience is a virtue. Possess it if you can. It's seldom found in women, but it's always in a man. Oh, no, that's not the correct ending, is it? <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure it's a bit different to that. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Um, and one thing I, I'd like to share um, as well, um, and that is in this um, awakening, do not let other people's dramas become your traumas. In other words, don't buy into their negative stories that drag you down. Don't get involved in being sucked into like an addiction into trying to solve their problems. Um, because the whole idea is that you want to let them solve their own dramas. You don't have to be on the stage with them to solve it. Mm -hmm. um, and don't take time out to go, I can solve that, so let me step in and do that. Um, it's a bit like um, a caterp uh, caterpillar in a chrysalis. If you try and help it out of its chrysalis, the wings of the butterfly will not actually be strengthened. And I think you all know that um, little kids who have done that have actually killed more butterflies because the struggle is part of the journey. Mm -hmm. The struggle of learning how to fly is part of the journey. And even though we're all on different journeys, I think it's a really, really big road anyway. And there are others who will help others along the way. But as long as we lead the way, as long as we shine the light, as long as people can see the lighthouse that's ahead, um, they will feel a lot more comfortable to leave the shore that's behind them. Come on, Christine. <laughs> I, I love your words of wisdom. You, it, it, because you keep it so real and so simple for people to understand. I love it. Hmm. I, at this point, I'm, I'm focusing on just the control part. I, I definitely have had a lot of control issues and I still do when I'm stressed. Um, I like my life to be like a very good movie or a very good novel. If, I, if I'm engaged, if I love reading it, if I don't want it to end, then I know I'm on the right page. And that doesn't have to mean that it's good or bad. It could be like painfully exciting. Um, but when I want things to end and I try to control and force, then I know I'm in the wrong movie. That's where I really pivot and, uh, and change my course of direction pretty much. Yeah, so I think that's the key to, to, it comes back to doing what we love. And we always love what we're good at. That's why we love it, because we love to succeed. And if we just let ourselves be worthy of doing that, then then everything else can fit into that. Like you all said, it's like that puzzle. But so many people have shame and fear around doing what they love because they've been taught that it's um, unnecessary. It's a hobby. No one needs it. You can't make money from it or whatever. So that's what I'm focusing on, doing what I love. And uh, the more I've done that, the, the more success I've had, the more peace I've had the more I've loved my own movie pretty much. And, uh, and I'm teaching my three children to do that too. Uh, just focus on what you love. And they're like, mom, you're crazy. We can't say that in school. And I'm like, well, maybe you'll just have to leave school then. <laughs> so um, I, I think that's really the road to uh, making it to 5D because that's what I envision. We're all gonna be 
working a little bit, like three to four hours, maybe, and many times not. And, and it's going to be filled with ease and love. And, and that's why um, we're going to be done so fast, pretty much. And then collaborating a lot more. And, uh, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, but I'm also excited to be in a war. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but I'm like, wow, I get to live through this. It's mm. going to be quite cool to be a grandmother uh, telling my grandkids about, you know, how I handled the mask situation. And, and I, I really try to enjoy it. I know it sounds weird, but I really try to savior even this crisis we're in because it's filled with so much growth and, and, of course, I want it to end, but part of me is really liking this period. 2020 has been like my favorite year so far. You can be a Viking. Yeah, yeah, true. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then final words for me, I would concur, actually. I really enjoy, I'm enjoying this at the moment. You know, yesterday I went on a stag safari with my husband and obviously everyone was supposed to wear a mask, but I didn't had a, my, my little badge on and I was just watching, observing everybody's reaction to start with. And then when you turn it into a bit of a game, I actually quite enjoy myself. Like I watched the longer, you know, they all took their masks off for, uh, to have the food and it was like, no one wanted to put it back on. And so no one did. And it was kind of like me being there, standing in my light, not having a mask on, gave other people permission not to do it. So I tend to look at it from an observation perspective and I'm quite enjoying being in this um, period of time. It's exciting. You know, it's why we came. And as Christine said, you know, we're going into this golden period and golden age where we get to do our divinity. We get to work a couple of hours a day. We get to do what we love. We all get to support each other. Everyone's got enough money. You know, no one has to be kind of worried about their financial futures you know it will be about what we can create and, and just the world will just be the most incredible place to live in so let's get there quicker i think is one of the things i would like to say let's focus you know our energy on where we want to go not on all the darkness let's focus on creating this 5d earth as you know as soon as we can and thanks for having us charlie it's been an absolute pleasure and this journey for me has been a, has been a wonderful experience. I've got to in, you know interact with many different people from many different countries. Um, I didn't expect it at the start of this. I was just out doing my morning walks and just telling people what was going to happen and just doing it, having a, a bit of fun. And the journey has been incredible, um, with with no regrets at all. Even though YouTube have completely taken me down. No regrets about that, um, because the, the good news was the day after they took down my main channel, uh, we had a, a 900,000 searches for Dr. Charlie Ward, which was uh, on Google, which was a, a bit of a slap in the face to them. Um, and the, the critical thing is to see the positive out of everything. And uh, I'm very, very happy with the way things are going right now. And we're getting more and more the word out there. Um, through through all of our different outlets. And the other thing that's become very important is, is I was relying on YouTube to get the message out. Now I've got to rely on Charlie Ward to get the message out. So I'm having to look deep inside myself to make sure I can get it out there. Rather than taking it for granted, I can just whack it on YouTube. I'm having to think outside the box. What are you learning? You're, that's it. Exactly. 
What a journey. But thank you very, very much, the three of you, for joining me, David. Thank you very, very much, Alois, and also Christine. It's been an absolute honour and a privilege to have you here. And, to, and these, these moments are very, very constructive for those who are living in fear to come out of fear. And uh, once, once you understand the truth and you, sit, and you move from the third dimension to the fifth dimension, fear disappears and you start to see the truth and then you start to feel a lot happier and a lot better. And we, all four of us would like to bring you on this journey, I can assure you. But thank you very much indeed. Thank, thank you for having us. Thank you so much for listening to the Dharma Life podcast. I do hope you enjoyed this episode. Please come over and say hello on my Instagram, our Facebook group. And also, please let me know what you thought. So if you are listening, please take a screenshot of the podcast that you are listening to. Tag me on Instagram and I will reshare your post. And please let me know what it is that you got out of today's episode. Remember, when we do our Dharma, we are happier, healthier, we live longer, and we have a deep sense of unshakable inner peace. Mm-hmm.